So now we go into the Parsha of Tazria, which talks about very interesting, some things might feel a bit abstract, but very interesting um, law and insight. So let's start from the beginning. The beginning is very, very relatable. Hashem speaks to Moshe and says, speak to the Israelites and say, let's return to the laws of ritual defilement. We'll now discuss the way in which the human body becomes a source of ritual defilement. If a woman miscarries, even a dissolved fetus, and all the more so a fully formed fetus, or successfully gives birth, please God, to a male child, she becomes ritually defiled and remains so for seven days. Specifically, she becomes ritually defiled to the same degree as she does during her nida, during her menstrual flow, as will be explained later, even if she did not bleed during the birth. On the eighth day after the birth of the viable boy, the flesh of his foreskin must be circumcised. He must have a bris. Although Hashem commanded it to Avraham years ago, now um, it's being told to the Jewish people after Sinai, and it's becoming one of the 613 mitzvah. She must immerse herself in a mikvah after seven full days have passed since she gave birth. This immersion purifies her from the ritual defilement caused by the birth. For the following 33 days, she will remain in a transitional state, during which defilement by bleeding is deferred. And her uterine blood is therefore not a source of defilement should she bleed. After the 40th day from birth, uterine bleeding will once again ritually defile her, as we will explain. Normally, once somebody went to the mikvah in order to purify themselves of ritual defilement, they're permitted to eat truma, holy food, after nightfall, if they're a Kohen or a qualified member of the household, and permitted to eat sacrificial meat, enter the tabernacle, etc. In the case of a woman who gave a birth to a boy, these cutoff points are delayed. She may not eat any consecrated food, nor may she enter the sanctuary until 40 days of her purification from this form of ritual defilement. And it's until the full, full purification has been completed. Thus, she may only eat shruma after the nightfall following the 40th day. Now, what about a female child? If she gives birth to a female child, she becomes ritually defiled to the same degree as she does during a menstruation period and remains so for two weeks instead of one. She must immerse herself in the mikvah after these two weeks have passed. This immersion purifies her from the ritual defilement caused by the birth. And the transitional period as well is twice that of a woman who gives birth to a boy. She remains in the state for 66 additional days, um, which is a total of 14 plus 66, 80th day. And she may only eat the sacrificial meat and truma after the 80th day. Interesting, the Torah does not give a reason why a girl is different than a boy. Some commentaries say because there's more bleeding when there is the birth of a female. For example, the Sferno says that. When the period of the purification has been completed, whether 40 days for a son or 80 days for a daughter, then the following morning, the 41st or 81st day, respectively, she must bring in a sheep in its first year as an offering and a young pigeon or turtle dove as a sin offering to the entrance of the Mishkan, give them to the priest. Although she's committed no sin by giving birth, she's nevertheless required to bring a sin offering in order that the birth contribute towards the eventual full atonement for Eve, for Chava's sin of having eaten the tree, the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good of evil.
part of the corrective punishment for which was that childbirth is painful. The priest must offer up the sin offering before Hashem, and then that affects atonement for her. And now she may um, be able to be purified and eat whatever she needs to be eat. If she cannot afford a sheep for the sin offering, she may instead bring two turtle doves or two young pigeons. One is an ascent offering, one is a sin offering, and the priest must first effect atonement for her through the sin offering, and she will thus be rid of defilement. And now we move on to the laws of Tsara'at, which is going to carry us through a very, very extensive amount of information, both in this parsha and the next parsha. Hashem speaks to Moshe and says, Convey the words to Aaron. And this is what you say. In addition to contracting, contracting ritual defilement through birth, death, or certain discharges from the reproductive organ, the possibility will exist from now on for a person or his or her possessions to become ritually defiled by the condition termed tsara'at, the symptoms of which are specific types of lesions or discolorations as follows. This condition specifically affects people, usually of sterling character and moral excellence, who have committed the sin of gossip, slander, or haughtiness. If tsarat appears on their bodies, it will appear on their heads if they are guilty of haughtiness, and elsewhere if they are guilty of gossip or slander. It is an entirely spiritual, miraculous condition unrelated to any natural disease and with no physiological cause. If a person develops, says the Torah, A, a wool white spot, B, an egg membrane white spot, different kind of whites, C, a snow white spot, D, a lime white spot. E, a spot of any of these four degrees of whiteness tinged with red streakness, but not so many red streaks that the spot loses its white appearance. And any of these five appear on the skin of flesh, covering at least an area equivalent to the square. To a square, the length of each of those sides is equal to the diameter of a Sicilian bean, which is 154 millimeters, or Point zero point two four inches, and it seems according to the symptoms that will be described presently that it's a form of tzara'at, they must be brought to Aaron the high priest or to one of his sons of the regular priests or their successors. For only they are authorized to pronounce someone or something defiled or undefiled on account of tzara'at. Nonetheless, if a priest makes a mistake and pronounces somebody undefiled who is in fact defiled, the declaration is ineffective. Now, since the priest must examine the lesion before pronouncing the person defiled or undefiled, a blind priest is disqualified from rendering judgment in the case of Tzarat. The priest may not examine someone or something suspected of suffering from Tzarat during festivals, nor may he suspect, inspect a bridegroom or any of the bridegroom's possessions during the seven days after the wedding. A spot that is darker white than any of these four degrees of whiteness is a simple lack of pigmentation which cannot develop into Tsarat. Now, Tsarat can develop out of one of these four types of white spots. They are three signs that indicate that a white lesion has developed in Tsaras. White hairs, healthy flesh, and spreading. The rules regarding white hairs are as follows. The priest must examine the lesion on the skin of his flesh, and if two or more originally dark hairs within the lesion have turned white since the appearance of the lesion, whether the appearance of the lesion in the case of a snow-white or lime-white spot is deeper than that of the unaffected skin of the flesh due to its shininess, even though the spot is not actually deeper than the skin, or in the case of wool-white or egg-membrane spots, 
the appearance in the lesion is not deeper than any of the skin due to its dullness. Basically, it's very specific in the whiteness. It is a lesion of tzarat. When the priest says that, sees this, he must declare it ritually defiled. These are the rules regarding spreading. If the lesion on the skin of the flesh is a snow white or lime white spot, uh, whose appearance is deeper than that of the unaffected skin, etc., whose appearance is not deeper than the unaffected skin, but no previously dark hairs have turned white, then the priest must um, quarantine the person in a house for seven days. Hashtag quarantine. Now, the quarantine is considered, if individuals considered ritually defiled to the same extent as somebody who's diagnosed with saras, nonetheless, he's not banished from the camp like somebody who is diagnosed. On the seventh day, the priest must examine him if the lesion has remained in the same as its appearance, i.e. its color, and B, the lesion has not grown and spread on the skin, and no previously dark hairs have turned white, and no patch of healthy flesh has appeared within it, the priest must quarantine him again for seven days. The seventh day of the first quarantine week also counts as the first day of the second quarantine week, according to Maimonides.